1: The weather, a legit Jags team, and getting down early, facing some adversity for the first time in the season. The Eagles are still the only unbeaten team in the NFL after four weeks, 4-0. I'm Jesse Taylor. I'm here this week with Shane Half, as well as Rachel, as always. It wasn't pretty at times. There were some definitely some things to clean up today. The weather was a factor a little bit, but there were some things. There were some, you know, uncomfy moments, but for, you know, some injuries to keep an eye on as well. Um, But ultimately, Shane, the Eagles walk away with a win. And this was one where, you know, everyone was talking about throughout the week that, you know, oh, it it started off as they were, you know, it was – just the lions and then the lions actually you know win a couple legit games and oh you know it's it's still just the lions and then it's just the commanders and the vikings are terrible but you know it's it's a test leading up to it but then everyone wants to downplay what the eagles do this was the first time everyone was kind of saying this jags team is legit look what they did to the chargers last week do, do people give the eagles the the credit they deserve now or, or is it still just the jags
2: i hope so i i, I said the jags are the most difficult team the Eagles will play until late November. I'm really high on the Jags. And so to see the Eagles overcome a bad start, bad weather, several injuries and to fight back, they really haven't had to score in the second half so far this year. So to see them put together, I don't know if we can say a four quarter performance because they really slacked off the first quarter, but to string at least two halves of football together was really good to see.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think you made a good point. They didn't have to score. And I think that's been one of the criticisms of the Eagles up to this point, right? It's like, you know, they haven't really scored in the second half, but also they haven't needed to, it hasn't gotten uncomfortable. It hasn't been, they haven't been in a situation where they have, you know, it, it comes down to it and you say, okay, you need to go score here or we're in trouble. And that was what the Eagles had to do today. And, you know, it was very pleasant to see the outcome of what that kind of, you know, being up against that kind of question mark and and how they were able to go forward.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the last couple of weeks and up 24 or well scored 24 in the first half of each of the last two games up, you know, varying degrees off of that. I wouldn't say they took their foot off the gas, but it was more about controlling the ball, controlling the clock. You wondered what would happen. You know, if it continued to not score in the second half, it could become something that you have to worry about. And they put that narrative to bed and they did it behind you know two backup offensive linemen on a day where it was really hard to throw the football. Uh, Miles Sanders sets a career record for rushing yards in a game and he does it against the best run defense in the league. The Jags were only allowing 55 yards per game on the ground and the Eagles rushed for over 200, proving that you know they, they'd been real pass heavy the first three weeks, but they can still run the ball and, and they can do it in bad conditions when they need to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I thought the good thing about it was, you know, the conditions were bad and they got worse. Right. So by the second half, they were, you know, the winds were up to 20 miles an hour. And I think on the broadcast, they were saying something like once it hits that 15 mile per hour mark, that's when quarterbacks say they start to really feel it. And that's when it starts to really impact what they're doing. And, you know, the, the only thing that I think the it genuinely you know impacted the Eagles was on that one extra point where there was just that enormous gust of wind as the ball went in the air and it completely took it off you know to the right. But other than that, you know they were still able to. I think their game plan was adjusted a little bit based on the weather. They definitely were more run heavy than they've been the last couple of weeks, but it didn't change their identity as a team, and it didn't really change what they were going to do. And they were still able to accomplish all of the things they wanted to do both on the ground and in the air, I thought, or, you know, it looked like when in, you know, previous years, think about, you know, the issues with drops the Eagles have had that, you know, you wouldn't, you'd close your eyes every time, you know, whoever was under center dropped back to throw a ball when, when there was any sort of weather issue.
2: Yeah. You even just think about other contenders in the league teams like the Bills or the Rams or the Buccaneers they would really struggle in a game like that. They don't have a running game and being explosive through the air is really important, but to be able to grind out, you know, you might have a snow game in December and January or, or a rain game like this. And so to be able to win in multiple ways on offense, it's, it's really key. And last year, the Eagles could win on the ground. They really couldn't win through the air this year. They'd shown the opposite. They hadn't had to win on the ground, but they showed today that they can when they have to.
1: Right, and I thought you know uh, you brought up an excellent point a little bit ago that you know I feel like we need to touch on is this is the first time that they've actually been bitten a little bit by some injuries in a game so far this season, and they were still able to continue that ground game as you said even behind you know two backup linemen. So you know obviously they didn't have Avante Maddox today, they didn't have Boston Scott today. We knew that going into the game, but as soon as the game started, you you, you lose Darius Slay almost immediately, you lose Jordan Mailata almost immediately, and you think oh oh my God, not only do we lose Jordan Mailata and, you know, not that, you know, it's, it's anything positive to have, you know, necessarily a backup lineman in there, but you don't even have your typical backup left tackle because Andre Dillard's on IR after breaking his arm, you know, at the end of camp. So you have to go in and have Jack Driscoll out there who has you, been playing for you on the right side since he came, since he has been a member of this team. So you, you that's a little bit of a question mark there. And then you see Isaac Sayamalu go down, and, and Suo Opeta had to play a decent amount last week as well. But, you know, it didn't change them at all. You didn't even notice that they had backup guys in there on that line. They, they still controlled every aspect of it.
2: Yeah, Jeff Stoutland is the best position coach in the NFL. Doesn't get enough credit. And no. all of these are guys that the Eagles have drafted. They've developed over time. Suo Opeta, uh, Jack Driscoll. And it can't be overstated how difficult it is switching sides of the line. I mean, Eagles fans will remember Andre Dillard getting in his head about switching to right tackle. That's a hard thing. Everything is backwards. All the footwork, all the hand, it's all backwards. And so you throw him out there. He's not played left tackle and he holds his own. I mean, the only time I really noticed him was when he got pushed back into Hertz for that sack. And I think it was in the third quarter or something like that. Uh, gave him a second and 20 ended up killing a drive that's really the only time you even noticed Driscoll and they were they were putting Goddard on that side to help chip block a little bit but the the Eagles offense adjusted you know on bad weather playing behind backup guys there was a lot of jet motion there was a lot of it was a very collegey offense today and it's not how you want to make your living every week but they could do it in a pinch when they needed to
1: Yeah. I remember Trey Thomas saying when, you know, when Andre Dillard made that shift over to right tackle, you know, I, we had him on, um, Sam and I for babes on broad, we're doing a pregame show during COVID because we, you know, we couldn't go to the game. So we were trying to do something fun and we had Trey Thomas on one week with us and we asked him, you know, how, like, really, how hard is that kind of switch from alignment's perspective? And he was like, okay, think about in school when you used to take essay tests in a 45-minute class period. If you walked into an essay test and you were prepared, you were ready to go, you had your outline, you were ready for everything, but your teacher forced you to write it with your non-dominant hand, that's what it's like. And we were both like, oh. (laughs) Like that's that's a wild thing to to think about, you know, so I, I thought that they did, you know, those guys did a really good job. And you're right, that was probably the only thing that was was the negative of, was, you know, he got tripped up a little bit tripped up Jalen Hurts and essentially caused that sack there. But, you know, the next man up mentality that they had a couple of years ago when they went out and, you know, won the Super Bowl with seven starters on IR, that was something that we saw today. And and even with it in on the defensive side as well, having Josiah Scott have to step in for Avante Maddox, who had been playing extremely, extremely well up to this point. That was, you know, again, first quarter was a little hairy as they were trying to figure it out here and there, but ultimately they were able to figure that out. And then you lose Darius Slay and have to bring Zach McPherson in as well. Those guys who, you know, you you, you sat there and you're like, okay, this is the the defense. Now we're going to see something like we saw last year when you couldn't really rely on the corners you had. Obviously you had Darius Slay, but the opposite side was a little bit of a question mark. You didn't notice an enormous drop off. And I think that's so, so, so huge going forward, especially because the defense was able to continue dominating as they had these last couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, the Eagles pass rush uh, made up for a lot of potential coverage bus situations. Obviously, they harassed Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence fumbles four times on the day. Uh, so the pass rush helps the coverage. The coverage helps the pass rush. Today, it was a lot more your pass rush helping your coverage. I mean, there were some, there were some coverage busts that, the Jags didn't make the Eagles pay for. And that happens when you have Josiah Scott and Zach McPherson out there trying to pass routes off to safeties that they don't routinely practice with. The Eagles like to run a lot of match coverage. And there were some coverage busts. I thought they got out of some of those match looks early in the game because of that. But they were still able to string together defense behind it. And a lot of it, I think, started up front with the pass rush, with Hassan Reddick, with Fletcher Cox, with Josh Sweat getting after Trevor Lawrence.
1: Yeah. and. That was, I mean, one of the highlights of today, right? Like the Eagles could have a third straight NFC defensive player of the week and potentially with Hassan Reddick because they, four four fumbles, four four, four fumble recoveries, five takeaways total, the interception by James Bradbury, which was tremendous. Um, And then, you know, Trevor, they, they talked about it on the broadcast. Like they asked him, would you ever consider wearing gloves? And he was like, no, I don't like gloves. Well, Trevor, you probably should have thrown some gloves on today, my friend, because you could not hold on to that football if your life depended on it. And the Eagles made him pay. I, there were several, I mean, guys that, I, I mean, Hassan Reddick, one of them was it one of them or both of them where he actually, he he had the strip sack and recovered the fumble.
2: Um, I know he recovered that last one. I don't know if he recovered the first one. I can't remember who fell on it. I know Brandon no, I Graham thinking... tried to scoop up that last one and he missed it. And then Hassan Reddick right. fell on it. I think Reddick recovered both, but I can't remember.
1: I know he had two recoveries, but I can't remember if he was the one who knocked both of them out.
2: Yeah. I know he knocked, he knocked two out. I just don't – he knocked two out and he recovered two. I don't know if they were the same.
1: So Yeah. I mean, and honestly, who cares? But – so, I mean, that in itself, like, that, that's something that we hadn't seen from this Eagles team the last – two years or so. And one of the things that made them so great in 2017 was their ability to get home and their, and their takeaways. And that's something that they have been showing finally, because there isn't necessarily a spot on their defense that has to consistently pick up the slack of the other, of the, there's not a weak point. I mean, their safeties are, if you had to name a weak point, I would say maybe their safeties are the weak point of the defense, but again, you're not, constantly relying on on one or the other they're working in harmony for the first time in years and it's it's showing on the stat sheet for the first time in years
2: yeah if you pressed me on a weak point for the defense I would say it's the secondary depth like the the Eagles starting trio of cornerbacks is really good there's not really anyone else that I feel comfortable with on the field I don't I don't feel comfortable with Josiah Scott or Zach McPherson out there Kayvon Wallace you know if somebody in that starting five goes down and it's not a tremendously rainy game with wind gusts, I think you would probably feel that a lot more. So that that is one area of concern moving forward, especially if you know Slay or Maddox were to miss extended time. I think if you're pinpointing a place the Eagles really can't afford to lose guys, it is their starters in the secondary because there's just not much proven depth there.
3: Yeah, 100%. Learn more at marines.com.
1: Looking forward with this. So the Eagles, who's next? They go down to Arizona, Arizona, correct? Okay. So they head out to Arizona next week, followed up by coming back home and a Sunday night football matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. Who is that game over? Did they win that game?
2: Uh, They were, they were, they're going to win if it's not over. They were up like 12 with a few minutes left.
1: Right. And you know, the, commanders are just oh yeah oh yeah 2510 loss for the the Washington football team um so you know The Cowboys are still playing not good football, but decent enough football to continue winning without Dak Prescott. Dak might come back next week anyway. Apparently he's he's look he started throwing this week, looking to come back next week. So you're I think you're absolutely dead on when you say this is probably the Eagles, this was the Eagles' toughest game until until November. Um, but you know, when you look at the injuries that they have, and especially in that secondary, a team that could get hot and hurt you are the Arizona Cardinals. So if these two guys are to have to miss any sort of extended time that you're absolutely right. I think is where if you had to have a, again, therefore no, you don't want to be doom and gloom right now, but if you had to have a concern about this team, that might be an area where it it could be questionable or have a little bit of discomfort.
2: Yeah. And you know, the Cardinals, they don't have a great receiver room. DeAndre Hopkins is still out, so he'll miss next week's game. Obviously, they've got Hollywood Brown, who's their deep threat, but he doesn't operate a ton out of the slot. So I'm I'm not super concerned. I mean, hopefully either Slay or Maddox is back. You don't want those guys to both be gone, but I'm not terribly concerned uh next week, looking ahead to the Cardinals. But it is something you want to monitor. You can't have you can't have Slay or or Maddox for that matter missing significant time. And it doesn't sound like That's the case for either guy. Slay was back on the sidelines in the second half. Uh, Maddox, I I think it was supposed to just be an ankle sprain. It wasn't supposed to be a big long-term thing. So hopefully they're back at full strength. Um, But there are a lot of injuries to watch, especially with them traveling cross-country this week.
1: Yeah, and that's the other thing. I feel like when we were talking about this last week, if we were to look at their schedule coming up, the the only one that really concerns me is this Arizona game solely because of the cross-country travel. That's the one thing where, you know, they're 4-0, everything's good, they're answering all the questions, but now they have to travel sort of across the country, time zone differences, the whole thing, and, and you know, see, see what goes on there. Um, I definitely agree with this comment from, from Jonathan Page here. You know, absolutely credit to Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen. Not all coaches would, would adjust and not panic. Down 14-0. Um, I think that is something that we did tend to see a little bit in the past couple of years. You know, I I love Doug, and I'm so happy that the Eagles or the Eagles fans gave the reception that they gave him today. Absolutely well deserved. But that is, you know, was one of my biggest criticisms of him over the, you know, his tenure here was you get down a little bit, he panicked. Like he hit that panic button so fast, and the whole game plan changed like that. Instead of sticking to what you could you know what you were planning to do and what you're going to be successful with i thought the eagles did a phenomenal job of kind of sticking to it and and playing their game and making sure that the rest of the game developed in in their control the way that they wanted the game to play they played their game the way they wanted to and didn't let a deficit get them down
2: yeah it was it was the first real test i feel like it's the first gut check moment um i mean you the Lions game, the Lions go on that long opening drive, but there was never like a feeling of panic there. But the Jaguars came out and they punched the Eagles in the mouth. And it's the first time that it happened all season. How are they going to respond? Well, there was no panic. Like you said, they stuck with the game plan. They they continued to play football. They, they knew the ball would bounce their way eventually. And they continued to grind away. And they scored, what was it, 29 unanswered points. And that that feels good because you weren't sure – how they would respond until they've been in that situation. And that's what, you know, that's one of the things people have talked about is how are they going to do in a close game? How are they going to do playing from behind? Well, they checked both of those boxes today and, and it looked pretty good doing it.
1: Yeah, they did. They did. I'm wondering, we're going to bring Rachel in here because we, we have our our three words to describe the birds win against, against the Jags up on Twitter right now. And I'm wondering if, I've been so hesitant to ask you this question every week because Twitter just tends to be the, you know, negative Nancy area of the world. Are are they, are, is Twitter as positive about this Eagles win or is there, is there doom and gloom happening still?
3: There's still some doom and gloom. You would be surprised. Right.
1: Why? I don't know.
3: The first thing I saw when I just opened this one up, it says still not satisfied
1: but why this
3: is the only undefeated team in the league so i'm I like don't huh, understand. what so that's what i saw but um you still have this somebody said this was our friend neil he said smiling through rain so that was pretty positive defense heating up super bowl bound um i see too many injuries but you know that's nothing that they can control the uh, weather is undefeated overcame the elements It's football weather um booby breakout season so for the most part they are positive today but there are the ones that are, you know, still going to be negative just because
2: I see I see a body bag game out there. Ah!
3: <laughs> you guys talked about it pushing through adversity so that was good. Gannon is him, okay. All right. Look how things have changed. Um that was ugly. But you yeah, know the the worst one that I saw was still um not impressed or still not satisfied.
2: I'm going to take that to mean that they're not satisfied because we're not 17-0 and 0 yet. So maybe okay. I'm going to put a positive spin on that. Say, you know, the players, if you ask the players, they'd say they're not satisfied. We could have done some gonna things better. We're going to go with that. That's a positive comment there.
3: I like that. Way to spin it. Okay, I'll take it.
1: Let's, let's go with that. Because if yeah. you're not, like, if you're just grumpy about being 4-0, I don't know what else to do to help you. Like, I don't know what else the Philadelphia Eagles yeah. can do that they haven't done for you over the last four weeks that you you would like them to do. I don't And know. I
3: just saw I literally just saw second half scoring and I know the last few weeks that's one of our nitpicky things right. and so this week they adjusted and you know they they answered so I right. can't really say that for this week
1: it's it's really nice because one of the things that we did last year and you know the year before and whether it was just recording you know, regular episodes for any of the shows at you know on BGN the post game show last year anything that we did we had the same conversation week in week out what are your keys to success X Y Z what do they need to adjust X Y Z what are what is what what went wrong the same things it was the same thing. Week in, week out. We had the same conversations. And now the, the, it's so refreshing to have a different conversation every week. And they're all positive. It's, you know, it's, it's weird to – we talked about this last week. It's weird to try to keep a show going when you have nothing to complain about. But we were – you know, if you, you get nitpicky and you have one little nitpicky thing one week, the Eagles – check Shane, as you said, they check the box right afterwards. Th- that's all they've been doing for us. You know, you have questions. Can I give them
2: a box to check for next week? Yes, please. Get Kenny Gainwell off the field. Get him off. Trace. I I was a Trey Sermon guy in the draft. I'm a big draft guy. I was a Trey Sermon guy in that draft. I was thrilled when the Eagles picked him up. I don't understand why the Eagles keep trying to force the ball to Kenny Gainwell. It's not a thing. It doesn't work. It's never worked. And I liked Gainwell in the draft. It's just you know he he has the interception off his hands in the what was that the was that the Vikings game, uh, he I just don't like it. Get him off the field. Give yeah. give Trey Sermon more carries. That's that's the nitpick. Let's check that box next week.
1: Yeah, I I they they want like Boston Scott is the guy who's the he's like, you know, one of those weird exceptions to the rule. It doesn't make any sense why he has been so successful. There's absolutely no rhyme or reason why he's been able to have like such a good run as an Eagle or just, you know, on a football field and why he's still able to be successful when there's so much film out there on him at this point. And they were sort of hoping that lightning would strike twice with, with Kenny Gainwell, I think. And it just, it's not there, and they're trying to force the issue. It's like when the – oh, God, who was it a couple of years ago? that it was So Corey Clement, and then he sort of trailed off and then did his tour of the NFC East. And who was it that was an undrafted rookie that they brought and tried to do the same thing? Oh, that's going to drive me nuts.
3: Maybe somebody in the comments will know.
1: <laughs> it's going to drive me insane. I want to say it was – oh, my God, who was it? Oh, this is gonna. I will say
2: after they they ran when they ran the wheel route to Gainwell out of the backfield, and it was a high throw from Hertz, but it went Mm -hmm. off of Gainwell's hands. And I tweeted, "Just get Gainwell off the field." And then the next play, they handed it to him for a touchdown. So I got lit up on Twitter for that one. But it's like, I mean, come on, anybody? I could have run through that hole. There was nobody there. The offensive line just again incredible job by the offensive line, and and the Jags. I feel like people. Underestimate what the Jags were like. The Jags are a really good football team so far this year. I don't know if it's, you know, they've been bad for so long. They've got a good coach this year. Coming into this game, they were second in total DVOA, second in point differential. They were top seven in both offensive and defensive EPA per play. They're a good football team. They're a well-coached football team. They've got a good quarterback. He had a rough day with the fumbles today um, with the rain. But the the Eagles just looked good. And Again, it's against, I think, the best team that they're going to play for the next several weeks. I think they're better than the Vikings. I think they're better than the Cardinals and the Cowboys. It's a win that Eagles fans should hang their hat on because it was an impressive game.
3: I saw two um, things that I wanted to note, just how you were talking about the Jaguars and how talent they They are, and we knew going into this game, like one of their strengths was definitely when it came to like the rush defense and Johnny page, our friend of the pod who was on here last week, he had actually tweeted out and he was just talking about how like, there's not really like a type or like a style of defense that the Eagles offense can't beat. And so as an Eagles fan, like you have to feel good about that. Like that's an amazing feeling just knowing like what they're able to do with their run game. So I just want to throw that out there as well.
1: Josh Adams. That's
3: okay. 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 Yeah, there you go. The yes.
1: no. They tried yeah, so hard it. to make it like another, they tried so hard to recreate the whole like Corey Clement wonderfulness that was 2017 and it just didn't work. And that is what, that's where we are right now with Kenny Gainwell. Okay. But yeah.
2: Anytime we talk about running backs, people tried to make a thing. I just can't get Henry Josie out of my head. That's the name <laughs> I automatically always go to.
3: Yeah. It's just, I have another thing being nitpicky. Just I mean, this is not something that happens often. So, you know, I'm not gonna dwell on it, but like, um, what did y'all think of uh Dallas Goddard's drop? Not ideal. We don't yeah. see that often. So that's why I was like, I'm not gonna get too high on it. But I was like, what, what is this?
1: I would have I would be more angry if the Eagles defense didn't come in and sack Trevor Lawrence and you know, right after because that would have just it wouldn't have they wouldn't have had to, you know, just kick the field goal. They would have gone up a little bit more. It just would have been a little bit better. But he had another really good, like, nice. What was it, twenty-two or twenty-six yard reception that following drive as well to be able to keep them them going to be able to, you know, make sure that they were still chewing up clock. So you get a pass for this one. Just
2: he he's not the most sure-handed guy. Like he's great after the catch. He'll have a drop here or there. And I mean, that's a tough one. The ball is on his back hip. It was not. The broadcast said it was thrown behind him. That ball was thrown exactly where it's supposed to be. Uh, it's still a tough catch, especially in the rain. Yeah, AJ Brown, same thing on that fourth and three. The ball was in his hands.
1: That was such the rain play. a defensive play.
2: Yeah. The, the rain plays a role in that. Both, both of those guys will usually make that catch. And, and you know, there's things they can clean up. Jason Kelsey snapping the ball to hurts while his hands were in the hand warmer. I mean, the Eagles were lucky that didn't kill a drive. The, uh, when Driscoll got run back into Hertz for that sack on first and 10, like all of those things potentially could have been big deals. The, the Driscoll one did kill a drive, um, but the ball bounced their way some other ways. And so you get through a sloppy game like that. And you know, that's, that's a character building win and there's things to clean up. And a lot of them are probably weather related. The, the biggest one for me is can can we just stop? Can we stop getting guys blocking downfield on RPOs? We had, And it was it was it was a weak call. Yeah. It was a weak OPI call on Dallas Goddard. But can we just stop? Like obviously, officials are looking for that. If you're an RPO team, they're looking for that. That's gotta get better. It feels like we take a big play off the board every week on something like that.
1: Yeah. But I also, you know, to try to spin that in a positive way. The Eagles were down 14-0 at that point when they were going down to score on that drive. And typically not only being down by 14, but also you add that, you know, that, that's a, you know, take the wind out of your sails kind of, kind of penalty call, right? Like that's usually a call where you see the Eagles get down and, they only walk away with a field goal there. They're on the goal line and they only end up walking away with a field goal because they of a penalty that backs them up 20 yards. And then you know their next play they there it was a no gain as well. So I think that the positive spin on that one specific instance was that's typically a a drive and momentum killer. And they still walked away with seven points on on that. So I thought that from the Eagles and you know that was one thing I that has really stuck in my head from this game, especially is, you know, that's a time where you, you know, where I usually hit the panic button because they walk away with only three points there and you, you, you're relying on your defense once again to, you know, go out there and get a stop for you and not go down, you know, 21, three. So, um, you know, while, yes, I agree. We need to stop with those, with those calls that one, at least I was like, I was impressed with the way that they were still able to walk away with such, you know, a positive, ending to that to that drive
2: and credit Sirianni for going for it on fourth down too like I that's absolutely the right call to make in that situation Mm
0: -hmm.
2: down 14 with the amount of things that have gone wrong against you I'm not sure I could have made that call so I'm glad you know he listened to the like analytics would tell you to go for it that's absolutely a go for it situation but I I was just I was real nervous when they came out to go for it on fourth down and you know, obviously a great run by Hertz to lower the shoulder and get into the end zone.
1: Yeah. I mean, ultimately, again, you know, there's, there's not much negative to, to talk about here. They absolutely, you know, gotten hold of start, they battled back and finished the game and, you know, any, any complaints or, you know, negatives about the game are, you know, nitpicky and you'd prefer to be nitpicky about a good football team that you just want to continue to improve. And, you know, again, the, the dream of this season, the expectations of the season were, you know, win the division. Don't, you know, fall ass backwards into the playoffs at, you know, nine and nine and seven or what was nine and eight now or whatever, 10 and seven. And you know, fall into that you know last extra wild card spot that that you don't really belong in playoffs if you're if you're in that spot at this point in the NFL. And we saw that last year when that's what the Eagles did. You could tell they were they did not belong in the in the playoffs last year. So you know, your it was anything less than winning the division is going to be a disappointment. But anything beyond that was was just going to be a bonus because you weren't really sure what you were going to get into this season. They're four and zero, and they're not looking like they're going to slow down anytime soon. So, you know, I'm excited.
2: Yeah, and huge credit too to Jalen Hurts. He throws the pick six early in the game. That was an awful read. He never should have thrown that pass, and it's it's the worst decision I've seen him make this year. Absolutely. And to bounce back, and I mean, he played mistake free football after that, and got his team back into the game, and a lot of it. Was because of his running ability. I know he didn't have a lot of rushing yards today, but the read option was freeing Sanders up a lot. He, he played a really good football game after a rough start, and that's a hard thing to do, especially in that type of weather. So, big credit to him as well uh, for bouncing back after you know a rough start to the game.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and you know that's that's something that you know again one of the biggest. Complaints over the last couple of years before Jalen Hurts was your starting quarterback was the inability to, you know, have a short memory, and and be able to to you know continue on and and be able to crawl out of a deficit and go out and you know win win games when your back was against the wall a little bit. So you know all the credit to to Jalen Hurts and he's he's you know continuing to. You're absolutely right. Worst decision in four games he's made, um, and should not have thrown that ball, but. He's, he is doing, doing anything and everything that he needs to, for this team to be successful. And he is the reason they're winning games and, you know, not giving you a reason to say, okay, well, they won in spite of him.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm really interested to see how he does next week on the road at Arizona against, you know, another quarterback from his alma mater. It should be a fun Especially here in Oklahoma, that should be a fun game. Everybody's going to be tuned into that one.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a good one. I'm excited. But, you know, they're 4-0, so let's hope that we're sitting here next week having another, you know, conversation and they're 5-0. So – you know, thank you guys for, for joining us for another, you know, BGN instant reaction show. Make sure you're following us on everything, subscribed everywhere, make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button. We really appreciate it. And thank you so much for, you know, jumping on the comments and stuff with us. Even if we didn't pull up your comment here, we're still seeing all of it on the side here and and really appreciate you guys jumping in with us and responding to the tweets and everything. So thank you again. And we'll talk to you next week. So for myself, Rachelle and Shane, have a good week and, and go birds.
2: Go birds.